Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and we have United Row back on with us. Anna and Jenny, how are you guys? We are so good, so well, and so excited for today. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Kieran. Absolutely. I'm stoked to get you guys back on. It's fun because every single one of these chapters that I get to see you guys, there's something new getting involved, and I think it's so fun to talk to you guys about this. But uh, before we get into it, give us a little overview on yourselves, um, what you guys are doing, what you do um, for the listeners right now. So we are Team United Row, and I'm Jenny. And I'm Anna. And we are preparing to row 2,800 miles across the Pacific Ocean from California to Hawaii. This expedition is expected to take us about 60 days if we manage to keep the boat moving 24-7. So two hours on the oars, two hours off 24-7 around the clock. And we are aiming to be the youngest and fastest pair to complete the challenge. I love it, love it, love it. So what have you guys been up to since the last time I talked to you guys? And what? Uh, how's everything going? Yeah, so this challenge we're about to undertake is known as the world's toughest row. And tough doesn't just include the rowing. Tough also includes the preparation of getting to the start line. So right now, Jenny and I, we've actually been preparing our boat, training on the water. Our hands are ballistic and calloused, as you can see. Um, and just trying to prepare our boat and our minds and our bodies as much as we possibly can. And that includes knowing our equipment, getting our equipment, knowing how to actually properly use it. You know, we have an anchor on board and a para anchor, but deploying it and knowing the knots and the correct knots to be able to deploy it is new to us. So we've just been trying to train as much as we can to have the most successful and safe crossing across the Pacific. Yeah. Talk to me about your boat and the details that have been happening recently. Like what kind of preparedness have you guys been um, not only just doing on the boat, but all the, the little items on your boat too, that maybe we didn't talk about last time. So this past week, we've actually had a bit of a training camp here down in Venice, Florida. Um, and the first step of that was basically taking all of our kit we have so far on our boat, laying it out, going through every single piece of kit from every single piece of rope to all of our equipment, troubleshooting it, um, seeing what we need to repair, what we need to replace, um, knowing how to work all of our equipment. So our VHF radio, um, our chart plotter, our GPS, our water maker, our batteries, um, knowing the ins and outs of all of those items and then getting them to work properly. So, um, doing whatever we need to do to make those repairs and replacements to make sure it's safe when we go out on the water. Um, and then from there, it's learning how to use that equipment. So, um, and you, learning how to use it confidently. So on our chart plotter, you know, we'll go out on our route, um, set our waypoints, plug in our auto helm, you know, make sure our course over ground is matching our heading. All of that are things we're working on during every row. And then out there, it's not just rowing. Um, that's probably the most straightforward part of this journey is the rowing. But there's tons of drills we need to do as well. So Anna had mentioned deploying our para anchor, um, deploying our drogues, uh, man overboard drills, um, 
putting out our land anchor. So those are all things we've been practicing this past week and have made a lot of progress in the right direction. So it's really exciting. So there's so much like preparing to do, obviously, and especially for something this big, you guys, because this is a huge, I mean, this is something that you'll look back on in your life and go, I can't believe we did that. Like, that's insane. But there's so much preparing to do, like you guys said, on land and on the water too. Um, what kind of mindsets do you guys have going into these new things that you're learning, like using the VHF radio or the chart plotter or learning your ropes and knots? Like, that's a huge one. Like, I love ropes and knots. I'm in the fire service. So it's like, we like to just throw them around and do whatever. And it's kind of fun. But if you don't know how to do that, it does take a while. And you want to get so proficient that you can do it behind your back, do it blindfolded, do it in the dark. And that's something that in your mindset has to be accepting and know that, right? Like, what are your guys' mindsets going in for every single one of these chapters uh, for preparing? Yeah, good question. So um, you may know this, Karen, but I rode across the Atlantic Ocean four years ago now uh, with my brother. So you may think, oh, well, she's done it before. Like, she knows how to row across an ocean. But even just this past week on the training camp, there has been so much that I've personally learned uh, that we can now bring to United Row to, to be even more competitive and have a more successful crossing. In terms of all of that equipment and mindset, it is in the beginning, like learning a new language. You know, you have the confidence to do it, but then as soon as you don't understand something, it's like, oh, that confidence is a little bit knocked. So you just have to try and try again uh, and keep pushing because ultimately that is what's going to keep us able to survive. Like if we don't know how to troubleshoot our water maker, if we don't know how to maintain our battery power correctly, like we could be at risk and not have enough food and water for the trip and not have a successful crossing. So the ability to know all of these drills, and as you mentioned, Karen, know them in the dark, know them when our boat has perhaps capsized and we're upside down in the water, one of us in the cabin, one of us on deck, but one of our main rules on our boat is you have to be tethered and strapped onto the boat at all times for exactly that reason that there is a huge risk involved with this journey. And we just want to make sure that we're as prepared as possible to reduce and uh, reduce that risk and increase the safety aspect of our row. And even just adding to that a little bit, um, when we think about our mindset, one of the activities we've done recently is making sure we're really aligned on our mission, our goals and objectives. Because um, when we're out there, it needs to be that unspoken bond. We need to know what our standards are um, and what we're each hoping to get out of this row. So we took some valuable time this week and really sat down and um, listed those all out, made sure we are aligned. And I think that's going to be hugely important as we're, you know, crossing the Pacific. And it's not always going to be sunny days and bright skies. Like there will be tough times and just making sure we know why we're doing this and what we're doing it for. Can you imagine like getting up every two hours for two months? Like it is brutal. And so there might be times, you know, we're late for a shift, but you don't want to be because that then cuts into the next person's sleep. So it's just having that mindset of, I've got to do this. We've got to get up. We've got to put the power on the oars and row as hard as we can every stroke uh, for each other, for our supporters, for our community, for Salt Life, our sponsors, for absolutely everyone who's cheering us on. Yeah, that's I, I hate getting up 
every two hours. That's the worst thing ever. I don't know how you guys are going to do it for two months. Actually, I do know it's all a mentality and it's a mindset. And you girls have that mentality of making sure that you get it done and you're going to succeed. And I know you will. Um, but talking about that, the mental aptitude and also uh, the physical ability, what kind of training have you guys been doing on land or on water um, preparing yourself for this huge, huge event? Workout programs, I guess. Yeah, so we do have a training plan that we're following. Um, it's just a phased approach. Every every phase is about five weeks, and we ramp up um, every phase. So a lot of erging, um, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's that rowing machine you probably see dusty in the corner of your gym that not many people <laughs> use. Um, a lot of hours on there. Um, a lot of you know weightlifting and endurance training is the primary stuff we're doing on land. Um, but now at this point that our boat is um, safe to take on the water, the most vital training is on the water training. Um, that's really when we're going to experience those conditions. Um, and those conditions are really what separates this row from any ordinary row. The erg, you know, you're stationary, you're not moving, you're not seasick. Um, you're still, it's still a very difficult workout, but when you're on the water, it's just very dynamic. You know, the waves are rocking you from side to side. You need to adjust your your handle height and um, really just, you know, work with the conditions as much as possible. It was brutal this past week. So to put it into perspective, Karen, we went out yesterday for an eight hour row. We went out into the ocean, favorable winds, favorable tides, everything in our favor, rowing at like four knots, which is totally crushing it. And then that took us two hours to get out to sea about 10 nautical miles ish. And then we did two hours of drills where we put out our anchor. We pretended to do a man overboard. And what would we do in that scenario? And then I kid you not, it took us in a headwind with not favorable conditions about four hours of rowing <laughs> just to get back to land. And we were just there like, are we even moving Hardly. at this point? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're looking at the buoys and, you know, houses on land that you can still see. But that's coastal rowing. When we actually get deep, deep into the Pacific, we won't have landmarks like that to be able to reference. So we just have to trust that we are putting that power through the oars. But yeah, it was tough. Preparation. I love it. The ocean is a beast and nobody knows what it's going to do. So it's good that you guys are doing that, though. It is so humbling, like just being out there in the ocean. You you feel small so quickly and you just realize how like the ocean owns you. You don't own the ocean like you're playing by the ocean's rules and it's it's a really cool feeling. So let's talk about uh, you guys just met up with Captain Don Dingman, right? In, in Jacksonville. Yes. Sick. That was epic. Okay. So we talked about fishing last time. I was like, oh yeah, that'd be sick if you guys got a tuna or like some mahi-mahi. And then you girls were like, oh yeah, but we don't really know what to do with the thing. So did he give you the rundown on how to prepare fish? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. He knows we, so much. He's so smart. He actually caught a shark. Are you serious? <laughs> Catch and release. Yeah. Yeah. Catch and release. No way. Okay. So talk to me. Let's go step by step throughout the day when you guys met up with him and what you guys did. Uh, give me a little overview on how that day went. So first of all, we uh, arrived in Jacksonville. We headed out on his super cool branded Salt Life uh, boat and we knew nothing. And he was like, wait, but you're ocean goers, you know, you're, you live on the ocean, all this stuff. But in terms of fishing, our knowledge was absolutely zero. 
So he was super awesome, walked us from the very basics. Uh, he took us through all the equipment, all the gear on board, all the different types of fish that perhaps we might see out in the Pacific. And then we had to be a little bit realistic with him. We were like, Captain, you know, we don't have enough room on our boat to take one of these huge fish fishing rods catch like a 300 pound something and he was like okay you're so right so he actually taught us how to correctly tie knots so we can perhaps tie a hand line onto the cleat on our boat and just let it drag in the water with the correct little thing i forget the terminology of what it is but uh the bait if you will um for something to to catch it and what is hilarious is in ocean rowing one of the biggest risks are actually blue marlin so blue marlin tend to gravitate towards a boat because a lot of fish will actually just live underneath our boat during the crossing because we're going so slow. And so we were explaining to Captain Don, and then he was like, wait, you're afraid of blue marlin? And we're like, yes, because they get so intrigued and curious that they're darting to the fish under our boat that they end up spearing through and during our boat, which obviously leaves us with a flood. It fills the cabin. We have to then epoxy it and cut off the, the fin of the marlin. So he said that we were the first women to ever meet him who were not excited about seeing a marlin out <laughs> in the ocean. Everything else we can definitely tackle. So you guys caught a shark. What kind of sharks did you catch? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't know. No. It was, it was it's, a little puppy. It was a baby shark. Yeah, baby. Was it fun though? Those things are so fun to reel in. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You think you like, you really got to put some weight into it and you're like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And then it gets closer and yeah. soon enough, it's on the deck. <laughs> so you guys went over some knots for fishing. Um, what about preparing fish and everything? Like if you guys get some mahi mahi, you're going to make some good tacos, right? On the boat. You guys got a grill and everything. <laughs> well <laughs> not quite we have a jet boil <laughs> yeah those are perfect but did he, did he actually though did he go through uh preparing fish cutting flame that whole entire thing we didn't really do the preparation side of it more just like catching it getting on board um and then what we what we do from there what kind of bait to use all of that stuff that's good though so so if you guys do just use hand line are you so you're just going to tie it off the cleat and then pull a lure behind you or a jig or whatever that's what we're planning on doing yeah, yeah. like a little yoga you could just wrap the cleat to reel it in yeah good thinking yeah we might need some gloves too yeah but so how long were you guys on the water for when you were fishing i'm gonna say about four or five hours yeah there's a lot of people out there too good mm -hmm. crowd but we realized that on Captain's Don's boat, his is a lot larger than ours. So we didn't get nauseous. We didn't get seasick. Even when we were on Ianca, kind of just waiting and being patient for the fish. Uh, whereas on our boat, seasickness is much more real because it's just so much. Yeah, those big boats is, yeah, I mean, you could sleep through a huge storm on them. A lot of them, like the big, big boats. And the way they have like stabilizers and balancers on the boat and stuff, like the newer boats. So it's pretty crazy. And then you guys have your boat. How big is your boat? I forget. It's 24 feet long and about seven feet wide. Yeah. So you, and, and it's super narrow too. So you guys are going to feel everything. You feel everything. <laughs> what are you guys doing to prepare for that? Do you guys get seasick? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we actually had, um, we went out a couple nights ago, um, our first ocean row in um, overnight together. 
And yeah, we both got a bit seasick, but rallied and anchored for the night and, you know, we're fine now. But it's about, you know, building up that tolerance. The more we do it, hopefully the better able we are able to handle it. Um, and then they also have those seasickness patches now that you just like put behind your ear. Um, so we did try those out and they do help quite a bit. So what did you guys uh, take away from the day with Captain Don? Anything like particular that stood out to you guys? For me, definitely um, like don't be afraid. I feel like I didn't know anything about fishing. I went in blind, but he was able to teach us the basics super well uh, and give us kind of that confidence that we needed to be able to, you know, when we're out there, have a little bit of fun, uh, just drag a line and alert behind us and see what happens. And and actually some knowledge of like the different types of fish that we'll see um, and what they look like, et cetera. So just that confidence uh, and building that knowledge bank is has been super fun. Yeah, and I think, he was very good at explaining how to do it for beginners because um, he goes all around the world teaching children to fish. So I think just having that mindset of don't be intimidated, don't overcomplicate it. If you're just starting out, um, do the basics and have some fun with it. Do you remember he showed us um, like the cannonball? Oh, the jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, just this giant jellyfish, which is a cannonball. And he was like, here, touch that. But I feel like if I was swimming... <laughs> swing much further away from this thing. I would never go up and grab it, but he just like let us hold yeah. it and everything. And it was just so cool. Yeah. I think that you girls are, are really showing the world too. Like, don't be afraid to go ask questions or go do something. Like it's, we have this amazing world to go do cool stuff in. And like, just by you guys saying that, like, oh, I had no idea about fishing or whatever. And then we went up to Captain Don and he taught me a bunch of stuff. You have to learn from other people. You have to learn by going and experiencing that. And it's really important to go do that. And you girls are doing that. So it's super cool. Yeah, we actually had um, our coach over from England this week, and he's quite a renowned ocean rower. Um, so bringing in his wealth of knowledge, all of his tips and tricks has been so valuable because there's so many things like you don't even think of until you're out there. But if you think of them beforehand, it really, you know, can make the situation a whole lot better. Like how you're clipping on your water bottles, where are you putting your buckets? Um, you know, how are you adjusting your foot plate? All those little things that ultimately make like a huge difference in just the comfort and um, success of your journey. What are some things that you guys took away um, learning experiences from Captain Don? I think the the attraction of the lure. So he he actually gave us one to keep. So we have it on our boat uh, and it's really fluffy and sparkly. And he was like, this is all you need. Every single fish will come with this one. I was like, really? But in the shop, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of these things. I'm like, how do you know which one to choose? And he was like, nope, this is this is your golden piece. So does it have think, feathers? Yes. yes. Uh, feathers yeah. It was like red and black feathers. And then the, the front of it's like clear kinda. I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it has a and it has a line already on it. What is that one called, Kieran? They're just feathers, like they're good for like mahi mahi and you can just tow so like when you guys are rowing, all you have to do is just row. And the fish just come up and they start swimming they're like oh that thing's sick dude boom and then you guys are like oh my gosh there's a fish on because it's pulling us back you know what i mean like you guys are gonna be so stoked once you get a big fish on it's gonna be sick you should you should make it so you guys can like attach the line to the front so the fish can just tow you Ooh, oh i like that better thinking. yeah let's do that <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so funny so 
did you guys have any challenges when you guys went fishing with Captain Don? Like anything bad that happened that you learned from? There was nothing bad. There weren't a lot of fish out at the time. I think the the time of the year that we went, he said it was the tail end. So, um, yeah, I think other than, you know, you just need to be patient out there when it's not the prime time of the year. Um, cause not every, he said, sometimes he goes out there and he comes back with buckets and buckets of fish. And then today we came back and we didn't get any of those fish, but we did get a shark. So I guess knowing when to fish and where to fish is also a huge factor of your success. Like if you're going out and you're just going out in some random spot at the wrong time of year, you're not going to ever catch anything. Even if you know everything there is about how to, you know, set up your bait and reel in a fish. I'm excited to talk to you guys after this happens because I want to see when you guys are like super, super, super far out, like miles and miles and miles and miles, like, cause I fish like 20, 30 miles out, but you guys are going to be farther. And I want to see like, if you guys see a kelp patty and you're rowing past a kelp patty and you have a line out, like what is under those patties? Cause I know like usually in kelp patties in the Pacific ocean, it's like mahi mahi and yellowtail and it's sick. Like those patties hold. So it'll be fun to like hear about your guys' experience on, do you catch more fish next to a kelp patty or do you catch more fish just out in the open? That's cool. Yeah. We'll let you know. And actually on our Raymarine uh, chop plata, there is a feature and it says fish finder. We haven't used it yet, but you never know if there's an option for us to use it. <laughs> you guys, you guys are going to come back and be like, yeah, we just used the fish finder the whole time. It was so sick. So what are your guys' next steps in uh, your adventure? What do you got going on? We have a lot of things go going on, actually. We have a few more beach cleans lined up. We are obviously still preparing our boat. Uh, it needs a lot of maintenance in terms of repairs and electronics just to make sure we are at that gold standard of uh, ready to go out for two months into the Pacific Ocean. So definitely repairs. And then obviously just still fundraising. Uh, we haven't raised enough funds actually yet to get to the start line. So alongside our jobs, alongside our training, we are also making that um, a huge priority. So just grateful to everyone who has donated so far or bought one of the Salt Life shirts, uh, the Salt Life co-branded United Row tees, um, which the proceeds go to United Row and help us achieve this dream. I love it. I love it. Is it do you guys have like a GoFundMe or uh, any type of website that people can click on to go check that out? Yeah, the easiest way would be on our website. Um, pretty simple. It's unitedrow.org. And there is a donate button on there. Um, also explains everything about the challenge, who we are, um, about our charity, when we set off, and we'll even have a tracker on there as we get closer to race start. So check out our website. And if, if you can be a patron, we are so grateful. Everything really helps us make sure um, it is safe. And we do have the kit and equipment we need for it to be successful. I love it. Well, girls, thank you so much for hopping on. Give yourself a shout out for your social media also so people can follow your journey. Our Instagram is at united.row. We're also on TikTok at unitedrow. And our website, as Jenny mentioned, www.unitedrow.org where you can track us, donate, get a t-shirt um, and buy something from our Amazon wish list. Thank you so much, girls. I appreciate it. And thanks everybody for listening in to today's podcast. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, thanks Karen. Salt Life. Bye. See you guys. Crush it. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.